1: Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for same race multi tips. Same Racer.
0: Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet.
1: Campbell responsibly. Call 1 800 858 858.
0: Joining us out of Oz uh, from SEN is Mattie White. G'day, Matt. How you doing?
1: G'day, Ricardo. Good. Great to speak to
0: you. Yeah, good to have you on, mate. Thanks for giving us some time and looking forward to the grand final uh, to later on tonight. Uh, I just hope Phil Gould's uh, speech at the start doesn't go too long. We can actually kick off at 10 o'clock New Zealand time.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's always the great unknown, isn't it? I mean, it just it creeps later and later and later for us, and obviously uh, that has a massive impact for you guys as well. But... Um, that my main concern at the moment is is the weather. I'm literally um, just pulling up to a core stadium out here at Homebush in Western Sydney uh, right now, and there's some fairly heavy clouds around. So the weather in Sydney over the last couple of days has been, it just bashes down for half an hour or so and then stops, and it looks as though it may continue to do that. So at the moment, it's sunshine on my back, or on the back of the car anyway, and uh, and pretty heavy clouds ahead, so I think that could be um, one of the major concerns heading into tonight.
0: If, if we've got a wet grand final, who do you think that favours?
1: Oh, it's a good question. I mean, it, it'll be slippery anyway because, you know, night time here, it's very dewy on the ground out at Homebush. I mean, they've, they've got this place in tip-top shape. There'll be three games played this afternoon and this evening. They're just about to get the first one underway. Um, New South Wales versus Queensland Cup and then the NRLW Grand Final, so the the stadium surface will be fine because it'll hold up to it, but it'll be slippery anyway, just by virtue of having a night Grand Final. So um, both of the teams are, are very, very well and truly versed in playing, you know, under these conditions. So it, it's probably even, Stevens. I mean, if it does start to belt down throughout the game, then then you start to think, well. There'll be a lot of focus on on the aerial assaults, especially from Nathan Cleary, um, and that just gets even worse when it's pouring and windy and all that kind of stuff. But the forecast isn't for any major storms. The the forecast is just for a bit of heavy cloud and possible showers. So hopefully that's the way it pans out, and that shouldn't have too much effect. I mean, like I say, it's pretty 50-50 when it comes to a slippery surface because they're all used to it.
0: How many bombs has Wonga Blake uh, uh, diffused at training this week, do you think?
1: Well, you know what? None. He, he actually, which is, which is, I don't know which way to take this, and I, I'd like your opinion on it as well, but he was quoted in in the press this week saying, look, you know, I, I haven't done any extra training for any of Nathan Cleary's float at bombs this week. I, I've got it. I didn't have a good week the other week, so I haven't done anything extra which to me says he's he's not worried about it, or he's trying to avoid the inevitable, um, or he's telling Porky Porky's and saying you know I'm not I'm not doing any extra work, but gee I don't know if I was Wonga Blake I'd be spending every single spare minute um, getting Mitchell Moses or whoever he can to kick um, you know the life out of the football until it's dark 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 at night and just practice because. It'll come at him. There's no question about it tonight. I mean, you know, as much as it's spectacular and we've had a bit of a laugh about uh, what Wonga Blake is facing, I mean, it is a critical part of what could play out tonight. And if he gets one and he misses it, or he gets one and he's a little bit shaky, then clearly he will go back to the well time and time and time again. Um, so I found it a bit bizarre that Wonga Blake said that, and I don't know how much truth there is to it but we'll find out tonight because
0: he'll get some. Yeah, he will get some. I, I did wonder whether or not, you know, there might be a bit of a tweak from Brad Arthur. I mean, Bailey Simonson's uh, pretty handy under the high ball, whether or not, you know, without the ball, uh, Simonson, you know, sort of lines up on the wing and while Blake comes in one.
1: Yeah, it's not a bad way of thinking. Um, I mean, I, I don't know if anyone could have caught what Cleary was throwing up the other week so I don't know if it's it's funny mate because I've been speaking to you know past players and present players in particular we had our awards night awards breakfast the other last week and Nico Hines um, obviously Dally M winner also got our player of the year award I spoke to him about it I spoke to Jackson Hastings from the West Tigers who was there as well and both of them said oh look because I said you know how do you what do you do under these bombs in particular, especially when Cleary's on his game and they both went, Oh, I'd just look at the bloke inside of me and say, Yours <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I don't think there's any, I don't think there's any real sort of um you know, a desire from Bailey Simonson. And even if Brad Arthur says, uh, "Mate, I'm just going to push you out a little bit wider." I'm sure he'd still look and say to Wonga, "It's yours, mate. It's coming <laughs> your way. I don't, I don't want anything to do with it."
0: <laughs> oh, that is outstanding. That is outstanding. Here's another question for you, man. I, and I and I looked at this, it scratched my head a wee bit. I, I saw the Delhi M Awards come out, and I saw the Delhi M Team of the Year, and I looked at the <clears throat> nominees for the Coach of the Year. Not one bloke with the eels next to his name was in either. Um, Brad Arthur wasn't nominated. There was no eels in the team of the year. How have they got to the grand final?
1: By scratching and fighting their way through. I mean, they're like a dog on lino. That's what they've been this year. They've really sort of, you know, when when your pet dog comes screaming into the kitchen at 100 miles an hour and wants to turn left but goes straight ahead into the wall, that's kind of what their year's been. They've been scratching and fighting their way to, to make sure that they could be here. They never got a run on. They never really got, you know, any great momentum going. They knocked over the Panthers twice out of three times along the way. Um, but it's really been a fight for them to get here. And if you think back to 2009, when they came in off the back of Jared Haynes' extraordinary back end of the season and the finals run, they came into that grand final on a rocket ship with the great momentum, the great confidence, and Hain was virtually untouchable. They come into this one like a prized fighter that's been bashed down so many times and dragged themselves off the ropes. And that goes both throughout the season in terms of games, but also what they've had to deal with off the field. Um, you know, they're always under the microscope. Mitchell Moses is much maligned. Brad Arthur's always copping at left, right and centre. You know, players are being discussed at length. When it comes to Parramatta, there's always some sort of drama going on at the club. So they have literally fought their way into this grand final, and I think, especially when you go back to 2009, I think this is a better this is a better path. It's not a cleaner or a prettier path that they've got into this GF, but it's probably better for them because they've had to cop the bruises and the wax along the way, and now they're sort of. Battle ready, not battle weary, and they're also not under any false pretenses. So it's a good question. How on earth did they get there? Well, they made sure that they were there at the end. And funnily enough, in a nutshell, that's what they're going to have to do tonight. If they're not there in the 75th minute, if they haven't managed to hold down Penrith by then, then they're not going to be in the game. So a lot of what they've done this season is exactly what they're going to have to do this evening.
0: It's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out, and I'm also interested to uh, talk about the lineups as well. We'll do that in a second, Matty. But uh, you know, one thing we have seen in the clashes between these two this season, and from Penrith, I think in general, is that they, as dominant as they've been, they've actually been slow starters in a lot of their games. Right. So, I mean, yep. you know, for Parramatta, it's, it's coming out firing and trying to trying to get a lead, uh, and then and then being able to look after that lead. A
1: hundred percent. And and I. You know, we've been thinking about first try scorers and Clive Churchills. Look, I think Penrith win the game, but I think Parramatta will get across the line first. And I've, I've, I I tossed up between Will Penasini and Reed Marnie to get across the line. I'm a hopeless tipper, mate, so don't follow me. But I do think that Parramatta will come out fast because you're right. You know, one of the things, if there is a bit of a chink in the armour in Penrith, is that they can... It's not complacency in the start, but they they don't look to come out of the blocks at a million miles an hour. They're just not that team. I don't know whether that's by design or fault, but that's the way that they've been, and especially this year as well. So there've been times there where those first 40 minutes, you're thinking, okay, if I can get on top of Penrith here, then I'm still in the game, because they've got the ability to go nuts when they need to. They've got the ability to put the foot down at any time, but they've been holding off until the back 20 minutes, the last 20 minutes of each match. And I reckon that's what they'll do here this evening. I mean, I can't see Parramatta being overawed by the occasion. I can't see them crumbling early on. Um, and I can see them coming out, firing, and possibly getting the first try. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if Para have a slender lead at half-time, but I also wouldn't be surprised if at the back end of the, the game that's where penrith start to turn the screws and and that's going to be that's going to be the kicker. I mean, I, you know, we don't know what Brad Arthur's game plan is, but you've got to think that he's saying to players this is more than an 80-minute match because Penrith, the longer the game goes, the better it is for them. They play all night these guys and they'll get better as the game goes on. So that that's going to be one of their critical points for both teams. Does Para can can Penrith or can does Penrith let Parra get away with it early and get too big a lead? Or do they stick to their game plan and, and para make sure that they're there at the back end? I reckon that's going to be, you know, the critical questions.
0: Yeah, it's, good. It's, it's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out. What about, I mean, what we've seen on, you know, I'm looking at the uh, the lineups as they've been released by the clubs and Appy Coruscant is lining up at nine, apparently, for the Panthers, although we have seen him come off the bench and Mitch Kenny start. Um yeah. Another thing that they did when they were behind against Souths is they took Moses Leota off and they ran two rakes. You know they had Mitch Kenny and um, and Appy Karas out there at the same time to try and speed the ball up. I don't know if they can get away with that with the size of the forward pack power of have got, particularly through the middle. Yeah,
1: true. And and the luxury that Ivan Cleary's got there is that you know Mitch Kenny stays on, so it's not a it's not a take one off and put one on scenario for for the Hooker role there he can bring Appy Carus Traditionally Appy Carus has played 60 out of the 80 minutes. So sort of the 19 20 minute mark is when he is injected. But then for Ivan to be able to leave um, Mitch Kenny on and just continue that mountain of work and close up the middle that's where the that's where the real secret to their success is they open up the middle by bringing Carus on because he's so fresh and he's so zippy and he's always looking for a hole here or there and backing himself. Yet you keep Kenny on and he closes a lot of that middle with the amount of work that he does and around the ruck as well. So I, I know that he's named Coruscant on the number nine again, and Kenny at 14, but I'd, I'd totally expect Kenny to start the match and happy Coruscant to come off the bench. Uh, and again, that points to that back end of the game. I mean, you know, if if happy exhausted at the eightieth minute, it doesn't do anyone any favours for Penrith if he's if he's still got that zip in his legs and all that kind of stuff because he's only into his sixtieth minute of the game, then that serves the purpose. So I can't see Cleary going too far away from that tonight.
0: And uh what did you make of Nathan Brown, uh, being brought back from the wilderness for para to sit on the bench?
1: Well, you make big calls in big games, don't you? And yeah. Brad Arthur's done that and so many times throughout the history of, you know, sport, and especially this game, those moves can go one of two ways. (laughs) You're a genius or you're a flop. And Brad Arthur will be hoping it's the the previous, you know, not the latter. So, look, he's made the call. Um, The the talk was that Nathan Brown had fallen out with Brad Arthur. He had a broken thumb. He hasn't played for three months, and he played um, a bit of New South Wales Cup. In fact, his last game in New South Wales Cup, was a one-point win, I think, against Penrith. So Nathan Brown's been there and ready to go. The, the, the real question was around Jake Arthur. I mean, a lot of my listeners, Ricardo, throughout the week will text in and say, what on earth's Jake Arthur doing there? You know, Bryce Cartwright needs to be in there on the bench. And at the moment, Bryce Cartwright is uh, the number 18. So we don't know what Brad Arthur's going to do in the next, uh, what, five hours because um, he's got up until 6.30 to, to make any changes. So I think the call on Nathan Brown is, is, is one that Brad Arthur's been pondering for a while, and he thinks that this is a, a, a game that will need somebody like him off the bench, and that's what he wants to do. So, again, the proof will be in the pudding there, but it'll that, that, that decision, whether it's right or wrong, will firmly sit not on Nathan Brown's shoulders, but Brad Arthur's shoulders. So if it works, tick to him and credit to him if it doesn't work then Brad Arthur has to cop that as well so um, it's one of the fascinating parts when I saw that I thought that only happens in grand final week, doesn't it? Mm, <laughs> like, yeah. it doesn't happen in a regular week in week out, home and away match. So it's going to be a big one. He'll he'll be ready to go, no question about it.
0: Yeah, right. He will be, and uh, looking forward to the game. Uh, what about Isaiah Papali'i? Uh, do we know if he's going to be wearing a Tigers jersey next year? Is he he, he still he still won't confirm that? Well, he? he's waiting for the uh, NRL to confirm what the salary cap is next season, and he might stay an eel. Yeah, I
1: mean that's sort of the talk. Brad Arthur this week had said. Um, He put it to bed. He said, look, Isaiah's leaving us. He's going to play at the West Tigers as much as he'd like to stay. He's made his decision, and he's too proud a man to go back on his decision. So in terms of what the club's saying and what his head coach is saying, Papali is going to be at the Tigers next year. Um, is still being a little bit sort of coy around it, but I I can't see that backflip happening. I mean, I don't know what he's waiting for with the salary cap. It's going to go up. It's not going to go down. So he's already done his deal. He knows what's going to happen out there. Um, you know, I, I'm okay with, with players and such getting cold feet because it's just human nature. But I think the deal's done. It's locked in, and that's where he's going to go. And let's not forget, to the other side of this because the Tigers have put up a hell of a... kick up a hell of a stink if all of a sudden he reneged on the deal. So I, I'd be saying that this is Isaiah Papalee's last match there, and he moves on to become a Tiger next year.
0: Yeah, interesting. Interesting to see how that's all going to play out. Good stuff, Matt. Uh, Before we let you go, uh, have you got a prediction for us?
1: Look, I think Penrith by 12 or 14. I think at the back end of the game, they'll just be too strong. So I'll lean towards 14 points. I reckon um, I like Dylan Edwards as a Clive Churchill medalist. Mm. Uh, He's just such an incredible part and um, a crucial part of that Penrith lineup, And he'll be involved tonight you know, pretty much every play, every attacking play he'll be there and he'll be there if they need him in defence. So, um, your obvious choice is, you know, Cleary or Moses. But I like the look of Dylan Edwards and I'm gonna stick with my man Reed Marney to cross first and if Will Panasini does I'll be massively disappointed because I scratched out his name about three times when I was t- <laughs> tossing up my options for first for first try scorer. Oh. So Penrith to win, um they'll go back to back and in, in Parramatta I think um I don't think Parramatta are going to blow it mate. That's that's the, I think that's the key for me. They're not going to botch this one. I just think that they'll be beaten by the better team on the night and Penrith have been the best team all season.
0: Now, well, as a Parramatta fan, I've got to say I hope you're uh, what you said earlier about being a rubbish tipster is true and, uh, and, and 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 we get and we do get um to be honest mate if anybody backflips I hope it's Reed Marnie. I can't believe we're letting them go to the dogs to be fair, but there you yeah. go. That's a, yeah. a whole yeah. other story. I don't know who's running recruitment and retention at the club, but they need a bullet. Uh, but anyway, Matt, thank you very much for your time. Go well, and uh, have a great call tonight, eh?
1: Good on you, mate. Thank you.
0: Jess Matt White there from SEN. Uh, uh, he hosts out of Sydney for us and calls games on the NRL as well.